For over 50 years, people have relied on Village Green Apothecary to give them individualized nutrition, pharmacy, and healthy living products. Village Green provides you with the kind of personalized help and attention that mass market pharmacies have long ago forgotten. You can depend on us for knowledge, experience, product selection, customer service, and a smile. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. We're here to help you. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. We're here every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m. Our great sponsor, The Village Green, has been sponsoring the show for seven years. Every week we're here with some of the greatest special guests from all around the country, and today is absolutely no exception. In the seven years that we've been doing the show, I don't think I've had a topic as in-depth. Um, I don't think I've had an interview as in-depth on this topic ever. Today we're going to be talking about sleep, and we have a nationally recognized sleep expert, Dr. Bruce, who's going to be discussing with us all sorts of aspects of sleep, why we need it, what health consequences can occur, the details, almost the anatomy of sleep. And then, of course, we're going to be covering what things you need to be doing on a day-to-day basis to improve your sleep. Now, just a quick mention, the Village Green is having their big summer sale through July 15th. Stop on in. It's a great resource. Many of the people in there have excellent information about different health issues. They're offering 30% off of Pathway products, 25% off of other supplements, and 20% off of body care products. So um, I want to get right to my special guest because we feel very privileged to have him on the show with us today. Dr. Michael Bruce, PhD, is a clinical psychologist and both a diplomat of the American Board of Sleep Medicine and a fellow of the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. He was one of the youngest people to have passed the board at age 31, and with a specialty in sleep disorders, he's one of only 163 psychologists in the world with his credentials and distinction. Dr. Bruce is on the clinical advisory board of the Dr. Oz Show and is a regular contributor to the show over 30-plus times. He is the author of the soon-to-be-published book, The Power of When, a groundbreaking biohacking book proving that there is a perfect time to do everything based on your hidden biological chronotype. Dr. Bruce gives a reader the exact perfect time to have sex, run a mile, eat a cheeseburger, ask your boss for a raise, and much more. His second book, The Sleep Doctor's Diet Plan, Lose Weight Through Better Sleep, discusses the science and relationship between quality sleep and metabolism. His first book, Good Night, The Sleep Doctor's Four-Week Program to Better Sleep and Better Health, an Amazon Top 100 bestseller, has been met with rave reviews and continues to change the lives of readers. Dr. Bruce was recently asked by the National Sleep Foundation to be an inaugural sleep technology ambassador at Health 2.0, a cutting-edge health technology conference. Dr. Bruce has supplied his expertise with both consulting as a sleep educator, spokesperson to brands such as Princess Cruise Lines, Six Sense Hotels and Spas, Lighting Science Group, Advil PM, Breathe Right Strips, Crown Plaza Hotel, Dong Energy, which is a Denmark company, Merck, and many more. For over 14 years, Dr. Bruce has served as the sleep expert for WebMD. He also writes the Insomnia blog and can be found regularly on the Huffington Post, Psychology Today, ShareCare, and the Dr. Oz blog. Dr. Bruce has provided editorial services for numerous medical and psychology peer-reviewed journals and has given hundreds of presentations to professionals and the general public. He has published original research and worked on grant-funded projects and clinical trials. Among his numerous national media appearances, Dr. Bruce has been interviewed on CNN, Oprah, The View, Anderson Cooper, Rachel Ray, Fox & Friends, The Doctors, Joy Bayer, The CBS Early Show, Today Show, and Kelly and Michael. 
He is an expert resource for most publications, doing more than 100 interviews per year. He also appears regularly on the Dr. Oz and Sirius XM radio. He's been in private practice for 16 years and recently relocated to Los Angeles. Dr. Bruce, that is an impressive bio. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy, busy practice and media schedule to do our radio show. We really appreciate it. Uh, are you kidding? It's my pleasure. Happy to do it. Awesome. So, I mean, this is such a huge topic. I mean, I'm, you know, a, a clinician and I see patients every day and I can't just express how many people have sleep problems. And the funniest thing about sleep problems and about 80 to 90 percent of people that I see, and I mean, you're the sleep expert. You tell me if you see the same thing. Many people don't even recognize that they have it. They don't even list it on their intake form. They don't talk about it. They come in for fatigue. Right. They come in for other issues. And in my intake, I said, how's your sleep? And they say, oh, my sleep stinks. Well, what do you mean? Well, I can't fall asleep. I wake up at 2 a.m. and then I can't fall back asleep. They don't even mention it. They're so used used to the dysfunction that it becomes part of their life and they don't even tie it to anything else. So help us as the sort of national expert in sleep issues, help us understand sleep, how you got into this work and why it is so critical for our body and why people ignore it. You know, it's, it is fascinating. I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head. Um, a lot of people don't even associate their sleep or their lack of sleep with how they feel. They just think it's one of those things where it's kind of like, oh, I'm just going to plug in for the night and then I'm going to unplug in the morning and kind of get my batteries recharged and, and go on my merry way. And what they don't realize is sleep affects every organ system, every disease state. We know that sleep affects your immune function. Um, there's recent data to, to show now that the more sleep deprived you are, the faster cancer cells multiply. I mean, the data is stunning when you look at the effects of sleep on overall health. Um, not to mention uh, preventative health, wellness, mindfulness. Um, and it's not just a physical thing either. Sleep affects our mental health. It affects our spiritual health. It, it affects every single aspect of our lives. Um, you know, when the body isn't ready to, to be, you know, to be in, in its elements um, because of lack of sleep, a lot of really not so great things happen. Um, I never started out wanting to be a sleep doctor. That was, you know, when I was getting my PhD in clinical psychology, um, you know, it wasn't like it was the first thing on my list. As a matter of fact, it wasn't even on my list because I didn't even realize you could be a sleep doctor. Uh, I ended up uh, doing a residency program, and during the residency, I had a rotation through the sleep laboratory, and that was really where I got my first taste of, uh, of sleep medicine. And by the third day, I knew I had absolutely fallen in love with clinical sleep medicine. I knew this is where I wanted my career to be. This is where I wanted to help people. And uh, the beautiful thing for me is it works really, really quickly. Mm. Um, if, you, if you know and understand sleep and sleep disorders, you can identify sleep disorders in people that they would never even think of. Just like you said, you know, you ask your patients, um, how are they sleeping? And, the, and it's a whole, you've opened up a whole new chapter in their lives. And, and one thing I can tell you for sure is if you change somebody's sleep, you do change their life. Yeah, it, it, it always shocks me when you work with somebody who's not sleeping and then you implement, you know, my therapies, I'm sure, are different than yours. And sometimes, you know, it really works and they start sleeping and they come back and you've done nothing else but help them get rest and already things are improving. We see 
the effects of sleep deprivation on human physiology when they do studies and they deprive people or animals of sleep for long periods of time. And people just don't equate the fact that even being up for an hour or getting up to go to the bathroom four or five times a night and just constantly disrupting your sleep may not have that dramatic effect, but over time it has a very significant effect. So Dr. Bruce, help us understand a little bit because I love this conversation. I heard one psychiatrist explain it to me once and it really stuck with me. Can you explain a little bit about sleep architecture? Because we have mm -hmm. different phases of sleep, and I think there are some misconceptions, right. and it's just it's like a really cool concept to me to understand the phases of sleep and the way that the sleep architecture is designed. Absolutely. Before I do that, though, I wanted to I wanted to explain to people how sleep works in the brain, sure, um, and then get to the architecture part. And so here's what's interesting: is sleep is really made up of two distinct systems in the brain. One is called your drive; the other is called your rhythm. Right. And so it's a lot like hunger. So if you eat something, you know, you're hungry, you're hungry, you're hungry, your hunger builds all day or, or before a meal, you eat something and then that hunger begins to dissipate. The same holds true with sleep. When a cell eats a piece of glucose, stuff comes out the back end. One of those things that comes out the back end is something called adenosine. Adenosine then moves to the bloodstream and it ends up in the brain in a very specific area. There are receptor sites specifically just for adenosine. As these receptor sites fill up and fill up, um, a person gets sleepier and sleepier and sleepier. Now, here's what's interesting, when, just kind of as a side note. If you look at the molecular structure of adenosine and you look at the molecular structure of caffeine, they're off by one molecule, mm. um, which, which is pretty amazing. And so caffeine fits perfectly into that receptor site. So this is one of the reasons why when you have caffeine, um, it prevents you from feeling sleepy because it blocks that adenosine. Of course, as soon as your brain burns through that caffeine, all the adenosine comes rushing in. That's where that caffeine crash comes from, uh, and uh, it, can, it can be pretty debilitating. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's sleep drive. Sleep rhythm, however, is your circadian rhythm. And so you ever notice how you get hungry at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Well, yep. the same holds true with sleep, is most people get sleepy somewhere between 10, 15, and about 11.30 at night. Um, this is based on our core body temperature rhythm. As our core body temperature hits an absolute peak, when it, when it starts to move downward, that's a sign to the signal to the brain, rather, to release melatonin. And remember, melatonin is that key that starts the engine for sleep. And so that happens in a very separate cycle. And so when your sleep drive is high and your circadian rhythm is on, you sleep. But if either one of those is off, that's where we start to see major sleep problems develop. Mm. Now, once you understand the two systems of sleep, then the question becomes, what well, will how do we measure sleep? How do we break sleep down into, into different distinct phases, if you will? And what do those phases mean for our health? So first of all, there are uh, sleep is broken up into two distinct types of categories. There's non-REM sleep, and then there's REM sleep. Non-REM sleep is made up of stages one, two, three, and four. Uh, now, fairly recently, we decided uh, as a community to combine stages three and four and call it deep or delta sleep. Um, this is the most physically restorative sleep. This turns out to be the deepest sleep. There's a, a misnomer out there that REM sleep or REM sleep is the deepest sleep out there. It turns out that's actually not true. Your brain is actually almost as active as if you were awake when you're in REM sleep. As a matter of fact, if I took the EEG, which is the brain waveforms um, of an awake person, and the brain waveforms of somebody in REM sleep, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between the two. 
Um, that's how active our brain is. And of course, during REM sleep, this is our mentally restorative sleep. So this is where we move information from our short-term memory to our long-term memory, creating an organizational substructure uh, and associations with other pieces of information that are in our brain. We think this is where dreams come from, where dreams are actually a manifestation in our mind's eye, if you will, or in our unconscious um, of the formation of these associations between pieces of information. Um, so it's, it's really interesting. Stages one and stages two sleep are very, very light, very transient sleep. Stage one only lasts for 5% of the night. Stage two, however, um, is a, a much larger part of the night, almost 50% of the night. And during that, several different things happen. Um, one of the things that uh, we know happens is a clearing of information. Um, uh, and then uh, when you move into stage three and four sleep, you have your biggest bolus of growth hormone. And that's really where it's kind of like bringing your car into the body shop. You get the dings and the dents and the, you know, the stuff kind of pulled out. And in the morning, you got a good clean car. The same holds true with sleep uh, due to the stage three, four sleep and that growth hormone. But the big thing that people, I think, don't realize um, is that sleep is a lot like a baseball game. You know, if it starts at eight, if the game starts at eight and you show up at 930, they don't start the game over for you. Right. You know, you, you're, you're stuck in the third inning at that point. Um, and if your circadian rhythm wants you to go to bed at 1030 and you decide to go to bed at midnight, uh, you miss out on a good portion of deep sleep. And that's that physical restorative sleep. You don't lose all of it, but you certainly don't get the amount you would have gotten had you gone to bed at the time that your genetic, you know, biological clock wanted you to. So it's a little bit different. Um, than most people think. But at the same time, it's very manageable. There's not these tremendous mysteries uh, any longer. Now, don't get me wrong. We learn something new about sleep literally every month. Um, there's so much research going on. It's such a hot topic these days, and it's something that's really important. Um, but there are some things about it now that we know um, that are very valuable to our overall health. Yeah, well, thank you. I mean, it's a really great explanation and a great way to set up the rest of the show. I, I love talking about sleep architecture because many people do believe that REM is the deepest sleep. My personal experience, the nights when I, I dream all night and I have a really active mind, I wake up exhausted. The most restful sleeps yeah. I've had are the nights when I go to bed, I close my eyes. It feels like five minutes passed. You hardly remember any dreams. You wake up seven or eight hours later and feel incredibly rested. You know, I mean, right. it's, it's, that's my own personal experience. And when I had somebody explain it to me, it really resonated and made sense. Cause my issue is maybe we'll talk about it. I'm sure many people, I get stuck in REM, you know, and I get stuck in some nights where it's a really, really active dreamy night and it doesn't feel restful. And obviously my sleep architecture right. is not progressing properly. So when we come back from the break, yeah. Dr. Bruce, let's pick this conversation up, get into detail. I'm going to let you take the show wherever you want because this is just phenomenally fantastic information. This is Dr. Kevin Passero with the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be back right after these words. Solgar number 7 can help you feel the difference. Solgar number 7 actually shows improvement in joint comfort within seven days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar number 7 is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar number 7 help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within seven days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar Number no. 7 says yes. Solgar Number no. 7, available at Village Green Apothecary. 
New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Whole Food Multivitamins. They are the only USDA certified organic, non-GMO verified whole food multivitamins available. They're gluten-free, certified vegan, and feature a patent-pending clean tablet technology. Kind Organics is super clean, untreated, unadulterated, and real whole food. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics, now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Are you under a lot of stress these days? Pressure from your job, personal life, politics. It can all take a serious toll on your health, but we can help. Village Green Apothecary can help you achieve a healthier lifestyle with our wide range of nutritional supplements, health-related books, and more. We've been providing customized nutrition and healthy living resources for over 50 years, and we'll take the time to advise you about your unique needs. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com. Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognosure from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognosure supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining healthy cognition and a healthy brain as it ages. Cognosure is also easy to take in delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental capacity with healthy habits and Cognosure. Remember Cognosure for healthy brain aging support. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. Want to save money on vitamins, herbal remedies, and other health care needs? Then visit Village Green Apothecary during our big summer sale. Now through July 15th, you'll save 30% on popular Pathway brand nutrition products, 25% on other supplements, and 20% on natural body care products. Visit us at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda or shop online at myvillagegreen.com. And be sure to catch our top-notch radio show, Essentials of Healthy Living, every Sunday at 10 a.m. here on 1500 a.m. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I'm your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Don't forget to tune in next week. My wonderful co-host, Dana Lake, will be returning. Today, we are talking with Dr. Michael Bruce, Ph.D., and he is a clinical psychologist and basically a nationally recognized expert in sleep disorders, which I'm very excited to have him on the show today. Like I said in the intro, I don't think we've ever had somebody to cover this topic as in-depth with such a uh, well-known expert in the field. So, Dr. Bruce, thank you. The last segment, we covered a little bit about um, concepts of sleep anatomy, sleep architecture. Are there any other things fundamentally that you think are just so incredibly cool about sleep that you haven't shared with people yet? <laughs> and then we'll start talking about how to set your body up properly so we can, you know, get good sleep. You've touched on a little bit, but like there's so many things we could probably spend three hours talking about how amazing <laughs> sleep is. But is there anything we haven't shared that you want to get out before we kind of move on to the next topic? Well, you know, one of the things I think that there's a big misconception, there's a few big misconceptions out there. You know, uh, in our last segment, we were talking about sleep architecture. But, you know, one of the things I forgot to mention is what a cycle of sleep looks like, right? And so it's very interesting because your brain goes through a very specific dance, if you will, when it goes to sleep. So you go from wake to stage one, then down into stage two. Um, Then you go down into stages three and four, back to stage two, and then on into REM sleep. And that cycle right there is approximately 90 minutes long. Okay, Um, and you have approximately five of those cycles. So five times 90 is 450 minutes of sleep. You divide that by 60 just to get per hour, and it equals approximately seven and a half hours of sleep. So number one, eight hours is a myth. 
Hmm. All right. Not everybody needs eight hours of sleep. Um, as a matter of fact, there are lots of people out there who don't require eight hours of sleep. I myself only get six and a half to seven hours of sleep. And I, I've been in the sleep lab so many times I can't count. And um, we discovered that my sleep cycle isn't 90 minutes. It's around 80 minutes. And so that's why I don't require as much sleep. That's a genetic uh, predisposition that I happen to have that many people have out there. And so, you know, one of the things I want to dispel for people out there is, number one, eight hours is a myth. Um, number two is your body is front-loaded for physical restoration. And so what's really interesting is if you look at the amount of stage three and four sleep, it's not the same as we go from the first cycle to the second cycle to the third cycle and so on. You have a lot more deep sleep in the front end of the night. Then there's this period where there's, there's only stage one and stage two-ish. You know, there's a little bit of REM in there. And then you have a back end where you have a lot more REM sleep. And so the question becomes, well, why on earth did Mother Nature decide to do that? Um, and uh, what we think is going on here is, you know, your body has to get physically restored before it gets mentally restored. Because if you do get disrupted during the evening, uh, you need to be able to get up and run, right? And, uh, you know, if, you're, if your body isn't ready to do that, um, you've got a real problem on your hands. So, uh, you know, again, looking at, at sleep, it's, not, uh, it's more well understood now. Um, also, I, I think everybody out there needs to understand, it, many people feel like they failed at sleep. They tell me, you know, Michael, I, I don't understand. I, I slept great as a teenager. I was a good sleeper in college or, or, you know, when I first got into the workforce. And now, you know, I'm in my 40s and in my 50s and in my 60s, and I'm starting to discover that sleep is, is escaping me. I, I think I failed at sleep, right? And so here's what I'm telling everybody. Nobody out there has failed at sleep. Very, very few people have what I call a broken sleeper, right? That switch in your head that helps kind of click on or off. Um, Very few people have a situation where that is not functional or working. However, we have adapted habits. We have adapted ideas. We have done things in our routines that do, uh, without us even realizing it, prevent us from being able to get a good night's rest. And so, you know, it's important to understand that, yes, your environment has a big effect on your sleep. Yes, your nutrition has a big effect on your sleep. Yes, you know, your, um, your vitamin supplement intake. Uh, yes, your emotional uh, stability. All of these things have an effect on your sleep, just like sleep has an effect on all of them. Yeah, absolutely. It's really interesting. I think we're going to get into that more. I love the, the you explaining the sleep cycles. This is the phenomenon, right, where somebody may naturally get up at like 6.15 and they feel pretty awake, but their alarm's not set for seven. They fall back asleep. The alarm goes off and they're exhausted. Is that because the alarm exactly. is pulling that they went back into another sleep cycle and now they're having to pull themselves out? Is that that phenomenon? That's exactly what's yeah, going on. Yeah. And, it's, and it's super frustrating for people because they're like, oh, I don't have to get up for another 45 minutes. If your brain woke you up, let's say your alarm is set for seven and your brain woke you up at 6.15, Get up, mm-hmm. get out of bed, like yeah. going back to sleep for 45 minutes. All that's going to do is put you into a deeper stage of sleep and you're going to wake up and you're going to feel like crap. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, get up with, with your body's natural rhythm to get up and start your day. Um, it's really interesting when you look at those two situations, going to sleep and waking up, it turns out that there's a difference in importance level for your overall level to function. Uh, it turns out that the wake up is more important than the time in bed. And, and it's about consistency. Um, I, I, if I can stress any one thing today, it's about how to keep that level of consistency. Because the more consistently you go to bed, but most specifically, the more consistently you wake up, the healthier your sleep cycle is. So 
even if you decide, hey, it's Friday night and I want to stay up until 1 o'clock in the morning, go to the movies and dinner and out with friends, that's fine. But if you get up at 6.30 during the week, Saturday morning you need to get up at 6.30. Otherwise, your body clock will shift and you'll almost create a jet lag situation for yourself. And so we call it Sunday night insomnia. People stay up late Friday, sleep in Saturday. Stay up late Saturday, sleep in Sunday. Come Sunday night, their body just doesn't want to sleep, and it's that lack of consistency that's really hitting them hard. Okay, so let's get into it now, because, you know, we have you on this interview, and we could talk, I'm sure, for the entire hour just about how interesting sleep is and its effects on the body, but I'm sure what people want to hear is distilling down some of the information that you're writing about in your books and actually learning how to achieve better, more restful sleep. And there's so much information out there. There's a ton of sleep medications that people try. There's, you know, Mm -hmm. people use hormone therapies. People do this. People do that. Supplement. The whole deal. So one thing it sounds like that's fundamental that you just talked about is rhythm. So, you know, so just as a... Talking to a patient now, what would you tell them? It would be the same exact thing that you would tell them about sleep rhythm, try and get up at the same time every day? I I would. um, And and it it turns out that it's very, very critical um, for the wake-up time. And and to make it even one step better, one of the things I tell people all the time is get sunlight. Um, This is one of the most unknown statistics or facts um, out there. But sun uh, and sunlight in particular turns off the melatonin faucet in your brain, right? And so if you have a hard time waking up in the morning, the best thing that you can do is get up and walk over to the window. Drinking a bottle of water, most people don't know, but we actually breathe out a full liter of water almost each evening. So we wake up dehydrated, and that dehydration is not helpful for getting our metabolism going, for getting our energy level up. So the first thing you should do is not drink a cup of coffee. The first thing you should do is drink a bottle of water. While drinking that water, get some direct sunlight, even if it's just 10 or 15 minutes. It doesn't have to be a ton of sunlight, but sunlight will actually reset your circadian clock, stop that melatonin function, and really help you move on with your day. So what do we do like in the wintertime, you know, in the Northeast when you wake up at 630 and it's dark and it's gloomy? You know, I mean, are there ways, do you recommend light boxes? Are there other ways to kind of help match that physiology if you don't have access to the sunlight? There is. There is. Um, the biggest thing that people can do um, uh, for themselves um, is, um, even if it's artificial light, that's okay. I actually use special biological lighting um, that I purchased, um, and actually it's not very expensive. It was $25 for one of these bulbs. Um, I got it from a company called Lighting Science Group. Um, we can put that in the show notes, I'm sure. Um, but it's, uh, it's really interesting because it actually has a, they have a light called the, the awake and alert bulb that actually mimics the sun. So if you're in the Northeast, um, and it's gloomy or you're in, let's say Washington state, you know, where it rains all the time, although it's a beautiful area country, um, and you just don't get a lot of direct sunlight, you can do that as a secret. Don't tell my son. Um, I have a 15 year old uh, teenager who is not easy to wake up in the morning. I've actually already put these bulbs in his bathroom and he doesn't know it. And so when he flips on the light in the morning, it actually gives him a dose of sunlight because let me tell you something, there's, it's next to impossible to wake him up. <laughs> okay. And then going to bed on time, a little less important than the wake up. And I think that's an important message because everybody's schedule is fluxing. So if there's one thing you can, and I, 
in my experience, and Dr. Bruce, I'm sure you see this as well, it's probably a little easier for people to set their morning routine because the evening routine gets out of control, right? There's work. If you have family, you got to help the kids do this. You got to, you know, make dinner, clean up dinner, whatever it is. And then you want a little bit of downtime. So I find personally my evening bedtime can vary based on my responsibilities, whereas the morning I can control a little bit better. Well, and so that's absolutely that is the case. But you know, one of the you bring up a really interesting point, and this is something that I do with all of my patients. So I'd like to to teach everybody um, who's listening how to know what their optimal bedtime is. Is that okay to do? Oh yeah, let's hear it. So okay, so remember we were talking before that the average sleep cycle is ninety minutes, and the average person has five of those. So five times ninety is four fifty, seven and a half hours. We know that our socially determined wake-up time is fairly consistent, at least during the week. I know that during the week, I need to be up around 6.30 because i got to get my kids up for school, I'm getting dressed for work, that kind of thing. If I count backwards seven and a half hours from 6.30, that puts me at 11 o'clock, okay? That becomes my bedtime. Now, I, I, I would challenge everybody out there to try this experiment at home. Take their socially determined wake-up time, count back seven and a half hours, and that becomes your bedtime. You know, set an alarm on your phone to t- tell you when to go to bed uh, now, at, based on this idea. Now, let me tell you something. I did this, and it failed. It failed miserably, and I'll tell you why. It was very interesting. So I wanted to be up at 6.30. I went to bed at 11. I woke up at 5.30. I was going to say, I, you have a shorter sleep night. cycle, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. I, I did it the second night, woke up at 5.30, and I said, holy cow, I must have a shorter sleep cycle. So I scooted it to midnight. Now I go to bed at midnight. I wake up at 6.30, and I don't even, I actually don't even need an alarm anymore. My body naturally just wakes me up at 6.30, and I feel fairly clear-headed. Um, I go and I drink my water. I get some sunlight, and I am rocking and rolling. Okay, perfect. So that's helping to understand a little bit about you know, consistency and patterning, because everybody's heard that term, go to sleep and wake up at the same time. But I think it's really interesting to hear what the science backs up, whereas the wake up time is a little bit more important than the sleep time. So that's a great start for for getting there. Now, we're going to have to take a break. But when we come back, I really want to get into the issues that really plague people, because most people can do that exact calculation you talked about, get in bed at 11 o'clock. I find, based on my observations, there's a small percentage of people that when they get in bed at 11, they won't be able to fall asleep. But even more so, what I find, the vast majority of people with sleep problems, they're exhausted, they fall asleep at the 11 o'clock mark, but uh uh-oh, 2 o'clock comes around, and they are up, and they can't fall back asleep, and then their entire architecture is disrupted. Maybe they're up from 2 to 4, and then they fall back asleep between 4 and 6 when the alarm for work goes off. And that is what I see lead to the most chronic health problems. And I'd love to get into some of your other strategies for helping people with that type of insomnia, um, because that is the one that I see most commonly. Does that sound good? Absolutely. Okay, great. This is Dr. Kevin Passero with the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500. We're going to be back right after these words. Mega Food Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. Mega Food believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. Mega Food, from farm to tablet. Our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. 
Zymogen is pleased to announce the arrival of Fit Food, a delicious, high-quality, functional food that's formulated to support weight management, healthy body composition, glycemic management, cardiovascular and immune health, and more. Each delicious serving of Fit Food contains 21 grams of pure New Zealand-sourced bioactive whey protein, 6 grams of fiber-immune-supporting oat beta-glucan, and additional glutamine, glycine, taurine, and MCTs. Fit Food provides holistic support for today's active body. Learn more at Zymogen.com. Available now through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet, committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. The brain requires nutrition just like the rest of the body. And this is where Gero Formula's NeuroOptimizer comes to the rescue. NeuroOptimizer is a concentrated source of nutrients needed for memory, mood, concentration, and focus. NeuroOptimizer supplies the building blocks for neurotransmitters, the chemicals that allow cells in the brain to communicate and to file away memories. NeuroOptimizer is the nutritional answer to the brain's needs. To learn more about formulas, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary. Did you know at Village Green Apothecary, we offer everyday savings on top quality nutritional supplements, including herbs and homeopathic remedies, plus personal care products and more. That's right. In addition to our big sales events, you can save up to 20% on most everything you need for a healthier lifestyle. Today and every day at Village Green, we care about our customers. We've been providing the best nutrition and healthy living products for over 50 years. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. The Village Green is having their big summer sale now through July 15th. It will be 30% off of all of the high-quality Pathway Nutrition products, 25% off of other supplements, and 20% off of body care. It's a great time to take advantage of all the amazing products that they have at the Village Green. Today, we're talking to Dr. Michael Bruce. And he is a Ph.D. clinical psychologist and a diplomat of the American Board of Sleep Medicine and a fellow of the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. We are in an in-depth discussion about sleep because it is one of the most important topics when it comes to overall health and wellness. Now, we've covered a lot in the last two segments, Dr. Bruce. In this segment, I'd like to get down into the nitty-gritty a little bit in dealing with what I see most often in clinical practice, which is people, oftentimes middle-aged women, but this goes across the board, where their sleep di- pattern, their sleep disruption is falling asleep okay, but waking up maybe two to three hours after they fall asleep and then with difficulty right. falling back asleep, they're up from anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes multiple times a night. Or some of these people, once they get up at two or three in the morning, they're up for two or three hours falling back asleep for a very short period of time before their wake-up call at six or seven. So help us understand a little bit about there's many factors physiologically that could could be contributing, but let's set the framework for really understanding how to start addressing this issue from your perspective. Well, I think the first thing that people need to remember is that most people wake up. Um, everybody wakes up two to three times a night. That's a perfectly normal thing to do uh, and certainly not something that people should be alarmed about. 
Um, if you wake up and you, um, you know, can roll over, relax, and fall back to sleep within five or ten minutes, that's actually considered to be a fairly normal occurrence, especially as we get a little bit older. We see that that has tendency to happen a little bit more. Um, in men with a mildly enlarged prostate, that can be because they're having to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, things of that nature. And also, to be very clear, if you wake up, it's very interesting. I have patients who tell me that they wake up at the exact same moment every night. Mm -hmm. They say they can turn over, look at the clock, and it's 3.38, you know, or something crazy like that, um, which I always find so fascinating. Um, First thing is, don't look at the clock. There's absolutely no reason to look at the clock because here's what happens. You instantly do the mental math and you say it's 3.30. I have to be up at 6.30. I only have three hours left. And then you try really hard to fall back to sleep. So the trying part is the problem, okay? I tell people all the time, sleep is a lot like love, right? The less you look for it, the more it shows up. So when you wake up in the middle of the night, number one, If you don't have to go to the bathroom, don't go. Well, I guess number one is don't look at the clock. Number two is if you don't have to go to the bathroom, simply don't go. It's very interesting. One fact that most people have no idea about is in order for your body to enter into a state of unconsciousness, most people need to have a heart rate that's below 60. Well, if you're lying in bed in a recumbent position and you sit up and then stand up, I can almost guarantee you, unless you're an elite athlete, that your heart rate has now increased well above 60. So by standing up and going to the bathroom when you don't really need to, all you're doing is making it more difficult to fall back to sleep. So that's step number two is don't look at the clock, number one. Step number two, don't get up unless you really need to. So, okay, Michael, I'm not getting up and I'm not looking at the clock. What the heck am I supposed to do while I'm lying here staring at the ceiling? So remember, it's all about your heart rate. So one of my favorite techniques that I have people do in the middle of the night is deep diaphragmatic breathing. There are many ways you can go about doing this. Um, There's a lot of data to suggest that it can actually help lower heart rate fairly significantly. Um, Two methods that I have tried with patients before that work very, very well. One is called the 4-6-7 method. The other is called the 5-5-7 method. And it's just about the number of seconds. So for the 4-6-7, you breathe in for a count of four, you hold it for a count of six, and then you breathe out for a count of seven. For the other method, you breathe in for a count of five, you hold it for a count of five, and then you breathe out for a count of seven. So why on earth would something like this technique be helpful? Well, number one, you slow your heart rate down. You're actually engaging what's called the parasympathetic nervous system here. Sympathetic nervous system is the part of your nervous system that gets you up and going. It's that fight or flight. I always think of the old uh, Rolling Stones song, Sympathy for the Devil, right? You'd be running away from the devil if you are, if you're in sympathetic nerve, you know, your, your uh, sympathetic nervous system was on point. Um, but in the parasympathetic, which happens to kick in when your heart rate slows down, when you have deep diaphragmatic breathing, and when you're not focusing on something that is emotionally relevant, you go into a parasympathetic state, which allows you to fall asleep. So you notice the last thing I said is you don't think about something that's emotionally relevant. The very last thing that you need to do when you're lying in bed is to be thinking about something that has any emotionality to it. You don't want to think about your finances. You don't want to think about your relationships. You don't want to think about um, problems. What you want to do is you want to actually keep your mind off of those things. 
Um, one of my favorite techniques um, that I have people do while they're doing their deep diaphragmatic breathing, and I know this is going to sound a little kooky, but I promise you it works, is if you count backwards from 300 by threes. It is mathematically so complicated that you can't think of anything else, and it's so doggone boring, you're out like a light. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Um, there's a really cool app that's out there um, that's called the Sleep Button, and it's based on an idea of cognitive reshuffling. So this is a technique where um, the app will actually uh, give you a word um, like sailboat, and you're supposed to picture a sailboat in your mind. And then it'll give you a word that has nothing to do with sailboat, like apple, and then you picture an apple. And then it'll give you another word like baby, and you picture a baby. And what this is doing is it's preventing your brain from going to that state of arousal, of sympathetic arousal, mm -hmm. because that's really the determining factor here. So whatever you can do to distract yourself in the middle of the night can actually be very, very helpful. Yeah, I think that's what most people struggle with. As soon as they wake up, there seems to be, in many people shortly after, possibly because of the anxiety of knowing that they're up in the middle of the night, an immediate mm -hmm. rush to mind racing and thinking about things. Right. And then that's when people start replaying. And then, then it, now it's been 15 minutes or even more concerned about their sleep and exactly. sort of the anxiety builds. Now, um, can we talk about for a second, because this is something that I personally experience and have seen it in many, many okay. people. And it's not talked about often. There's many... Um, strategies that people give for before bed, you know, deep breathing, uh -huh. turn the TV off, don't watch anything stimulating, don't exercise. Right, but right, right. my personal experience has a lot to do with how I operate during the day significantly okay. affects how I sleep. Meaning if I am highly stressed, um, you know, pushing myself more towards anxiety, running around like a crazy person, it's very, I have much poorer sleep than if I'm in a state where I have three or four days off of work in the in a row, I'm less anxious, I'm less stressed. It's like how I conduct myself during the day affects my night. And when I take time to practice those breathing exercises like you just described at the anxiety points in my day to keep those sympathetic stressors in check, I find I sleep better. Is that in my head? Is that in my head, Dr. Bruce, or is there really science no, to back that up? You, you are on to something, my friend. There's no question about it. What we do during the day affects our sleep at night. Now, I did mention a couple of the basics like hydration, right? We know that a dehydrated body doesn't sleep nearly as well as a hydrated body. So making sure that you um, drink enough water during the day so that your urine is almost clear is going to be a major impactful factor. Um, but also things like caffeine intake. I mean, one of my, you know, favorite things to ask people about is how much caffeine do you drink during the day? And they say, oh, not very bad, Dr. Bruce. You know, I only drink a half a pot of coffee a day. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, people don't realize that the caffeine has a half-life of between eight and 10 hours. Mm. So I'm oftentimes recommending people need to go decaf by about 2 p.m. Now, notice I didn't say eliminate caffeine from your system altogether. I do not recommend that, especially if you're a half a pot a day coffee drinker, because here's what's going to happen. Your body's going to go into a serious withdrawal. Um, I have patients who we've taken them off caffeine and they actually ended up in the ER because their body has such a violent reaction to caffeine. They decided to go cold turkey, which was, of course, not my recommendation. Um, you really need to slowly defuse caffeine out of your system. But it's not just caffeine that we're talking about here. Uh, you mentioned light. 
um, and the effects of light on our sleep. Remember how we talked earlier in the show how sunlight helps turn off the melatonin faucet in our brain? Well, the same can happen at night when you have light that's emitted from your telephone or your tablet or your laptop. All of those are going to have a pretty significant effect on your ability to fall asleep. It's literally like drinking a cup of coffee before going to bed when you have this light. And, you know, there's junk food out there. I think, I think people should be talking about junk light, right? There's light at night that has a major effect on us. Now, again, um, you know, I told you about that biological lighting that I have for my son in his bathroom. The same company makes a light bulb that has a filter for the specific light, what we call blue light or light that's at the frequency of 460 to 480 nanometers. This is the area of, uh, of the light spectrum that has this effect on these very particular cells in our eye called melanopsin cells. So um, lowering the a level of light in your bedroom is going to be very helpful. Now I'm going to tell you something and, and it's going to blow your mind um, and you're going to say, how can you possibly do this, Michael? But let me tell you what happens in my home every night. Okay, I have a king-size bed. On my uh, right side is a French bulldog. On my left side is a chihuahua. On, after the chihuahua is my wife, and then after that is our cat, all right? We have a big screen TV in our bedroom, and it is on usually half the night. So now you've got to be saying, hold on a second. You're the sleep doctor, Michael. I mean, what on earth are you doing And like here, breaks right? every sleep hygiene rule, right? Everyone out there. And the point I'm making here is that not every sleep hygiene rule is necessary for every person. I sleep, as a matter of fact, if my wife doesn't have the animals in bed, she sleeps worse, not better. Mm -hmm. right? um, now, I have my French bulldog. He has a tendency to snore. So what do I do? I put him down towards the edge of the bed, face his head the other way, and it doesn't bother me at all. Like, you can adapt to certain situations. Now, the biggest one is the television. People ask me all the time. I am going to say right here, right now, and I'm the only sleep specialist I know that says this, that it is okay to fall asleep with the television on. Yes, that's what I said. It is okay to fall asleep with the television on, and I'll tell you why. Many of the people who tell me that they do have to fall asleep with the television on, they're not actually watching the TV. They're listening to the television, and it's actually a distraction from them from thinking about all the things that would elevate their sympathetic nervous system. My wife tells me all the time what she does is she doesn't actually watch it. She listens to it, and I call it out of the corner of her ear because what's really going on is her eyes are closed. There's something going on in the background, and in 15 minutes, she's asleep. 95% of the televisions out there have timers built into their software. And so I'm always telling people, just set the TV timer. If you've got a bed partner that likes to fall asleep with the television on, just set the TV timer. And it'll go off 45 minutes after they fall asleep, and everything will be just fine. Mm -hmm. it, you have to adapt. You have to look at the reality of what the situations are. I mean, do I have these specialty light bulbs in my bedside table? Yes, I do, because I like to read sometimes before bed, and I don't want that extra stimulation. Um, however, I do not use my telephone or my tablet or my laptop in bed. The proximity of the light is much closer, um, and so that makes it a little bit more effective. Also, the engagement level is different. If, if the television is on and it's an old rerun of Seinfeld, I don't think I really care. But if I'm on my phone scrolling through Facebook and I notice something that gets me upset, I've now just jacked up my sympathetic nervous system and made it very difficult to fall back asleep mm -hmm. so, or to fall asleep, period. So really looking, or, or you know, if I'm, I'm playing Candy Crush and trying to get my high score, 
you know, I need to be careful because that's really causing, again, a sympathetic reaction. Um, and we need the parasympathetic to take over and allow us to fall asleep. Yes. So it, it, you, you just have to think through some of these ideas. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to unplug. You know, I think it's hard it this day hard and age unplug. for people to even figure out what it is they need in order to wind down you know, social media or checking emails or mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. like that is a, is a distraction. But, you know, we do it out of such habit. It almost right. sort of, we think it's going to trigger kind of a reward pleasure center in the brain and we're kind of addicted to it. So we do it. Well, it does. It, yeah. It, it, it absolutely does. I mean, there's data to show that dopamine fires when people are playing around on their phone, mm-hmm. right? I mean, dopamine's the most addictive substance in the world. Like, it's the whole reason that we have an opioid crisis. The whole reason we have a heroin crisis is because of dopamine. Yeah. And we know this is all happening, and we're, we're addicted to our phones. We're addicted to the tablets. We're addicted to that life on the Internet. So I developed a system, and I'd, I'd love to share it with your audience. Can we do it right oh, when sure. we come back from the break? We're, we're running a little bit Absolutely. over. We've got one more segment. No I want to hear this. This is an important piece of information. So stay tuned. This is Dr. Kevin Passero with the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500. We're going to be back right after these words. Solgar number seven can help you feel the difference. Solgar number seven actually shows improvement in joint comfort within seven days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar number seven is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar number seven help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within seven days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar number seven says yes. Solgar number seven. Available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Multivitamins. That's right, certified organic. Made with the highest quality standards. Uncooked, untreated, unadulterated. Non-GMO certified, vegan, and gluten-free. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics. Now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Ah, the joy of commuting in Washington. Whether you work on the hill or outside the beltway, you know how stressful it is to get around. Stress can take a serious toll on your health, and Village Green Apothecary can help. We offer over 10,000 healthy living products, including top-quality nutritional supplements, herbal remedies, and more. Our nutritionists and pharmacists offer a personalized approach to help you with your health needs. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com. Some things are hard to stomach, and life doesn't stop for occasional immune challenges or intestinal distress. ProBalarti from Metagenics offers a new targeted probiotic approach for intestinal support. Help maintain control while traveling or as a follow-up to antibiotic therapy to support intestinal flora for healthy intestinal function. ProBalarti provides ID-certified probiotic strains suggested by research to enhance certain aspects of immune function in addition to promoting a healthy balance of intestinal microflora. ProBalarti is the go-to probiotic for patients on the go. Get it today. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. Have you ever wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? One theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure, our bodies don't make enough vitamin D, which is essential to proper immune function. That's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin D. Thorne Research's vitamin D products are made from pure vitamin D with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added. Support your immune system with Thorne's vitamin D1000 and D5000. 
These and other immune-supporting formulas are always available at Village Green. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Facero. Thank you all for tuning in. It has been an amazing show. I'm really hoping that our special guest will join us again to continue this conversation on sleep and the importance of sleep and things you can do to get better sleep because I see it as a problem in many of my patients. Even in myself, my pattern was that I technically slept seven or eight hours a night, but I was in that repetitive dream state and not getting rested. And it did. There was a difference between feeling good and getting restorative regenerative sleep and just being in bed for seven or eight hours, quote unquote, sleeping. So even if you sleep, fall asleep and technically stay asleep, you may not be having proper sleep architecture that lends itself properly to optimal physiology, the restoration of your body, the balancing of your hormones and the reset and um, renew connections that are formed in your mind incredibly important. There's always things you can do to enhance your sleep, and it starts with what you do during the day. Now, Dr. Bruce, when we came to the break, you were just about to share with us a really interesting system that you have, and I want to let people know if they want to learn more about Dr. Bruce and his groundbreaking books, you can visit www.thepowerofwhenquiz.com. This is an online questionnaire that will help you understand the importance of your body's hidden circadian rhythm and how following that rhythm can help you thrive in every single way in life. So check that out. So Dr. Bruce, what were you going to explain to us about this system that you have for sleep? Well, so, you know, like you were saying before, so many of us don't really have a routine right, or an idea of exactly what we want to do right before bed. So, um, and, and, you know, that time gets away from us, right? You know, we're there, we're watching television, or we're spending time with our families, or we're, we're doing something, um, and we're, we're not really sure when to go to bed, how to go to bed, things like that. So we now know when to go to bed, because I've taught everybody how to figure out what their bedtime needs to be. The next thing we need to do is figure out, remember, sleep is not an on-off switch, it's more like slowly pulling your foot off the gas and slowly putting your foot on the brake. There's a process that has to occur here. Um, and um, you've got to give yourself the time to do that. So how do you go about doing something like that? All right, so the first thing you want to do um, is what I call the power down hour. So let's take our example from before. Let's say you, go, you wake up at 6.30 and now you're going to start going to bed at 11. Starting at around 10 o'clock, Here's what I want you to do is take that 10 to 11 hour and cut it into thirds. So 20 minutes, 20 minutes, and 20 minutes. The first 20 minutes are need to be used for things you just got to do, right? So in our house, it's finding shoes, getting backpacks together, laying out my clothes for the morning, whatever it happens to be. Then 20 minutes for hygiene, and then 20 minutes for some form of meditation, relaxation, um, spiritual, whatever it is you want to do that allows your body to slowly get there. Uh, into a sleeping state. Um, I call it the power down hour. It works incredibly well, and it gives you a framework of actually what to do that will be very, very helpful in getting you not only to fall asleep, but to fall asleep on time. Okay, so that's one step. Are there other steps in that in the process? Well, no, that's the whole process. Oh, that's the whole you process. Okay. You want to do. Yeah. Perfect. You just decide what you want to do. So the last 20 minutes, you can do meditation, you can do deep breathing, you can do read scripture, you can gotcha. do prayer, you can do yoga, you can do whatever you want. Gotcha. So to break that up and really stick to a schedule and allow yourself that, that structure in order to make sure you have that last 20 minutes 
to sort of wind down. Exactly. So that's great. Now, it's a popular topic. We don't have all that much time left, and we didn't even really discuss it. We were going to discuss it. But there are a ton of OTC sleep aids out there, um, everything from melatonin supplements to tryptophan supplements to GABA supplements to, um, you know, over-the-counter NSAIDs that have sleep aids in them, like, you know, the ibuprofen with a PM component or any of those with a PM. Are there any over-the-counter non-prescription sleep aids that you feel are the most useful or the safest as far as not disrupting sleep architecture and really helping as a supportive tool to help people as they work through some of the lifestyle components? Um, yeah, there are. So, you know, if you start to look, one of the first things I ask people about is, um, well, so first of all, I look at somebody's age. Right, so we know that around age 50, 55, people start to naturally uh, reduce the production of melatonin in their brain. It's just one of the natural occurrences of age. And so, the very first thing I like to do is I do a saliva um, test to determine um, are, are people's melatonin levels sufficient. That's number one. If they're not, then I look at melatonin supplementation. Um, I don't have a problem with melatonin supplementation, assuming two, three different things. Number one. You're, you're getting your melatonin from a reputable source. Because melatonin is not regulated by the FDA, it's a problem. And so a lot of people out there have, um, have melatonin that they don't know where it's coming from. There was actually a really interesting study um, that came out about three months ago that showed that, in fact, um, ha over half of the melatonin that's being sold isn't actually being sold in the right uh, – I'm sorry, isn't being sold based on the dosage that's on the label. So there's mislabeling going on out there. So you have to be very, very careful getting your melatonin from a good source. That's number one. Number two is understanding what the correct dosage is. The right dosage is somewhere between a half and one and a half milligrams. It's not three. It's not five. It's not 10. And by the way, that's how 95% of the melatonin is sold. So you need to get the right dose. Also, melatonin is a sleep regulator, not a sleep initiator. So melatonin doesn't work on sleep drive. It works on sleep rhythm. And so taking it approximately 90 minutes before bed is how you can have it be most effective. Mm. So first of all, if they're old, if they're older, I'm 49 years old. So my melatonin is going to start, you know, coming down pretty quickly. Um, that might be something that I would consider. Another over the counter supplement that I like a lot is magnesium. Um, it turns out that a lot of people are magnesium deficient in a whole lot of ways. And so when you see something like that, that's when another, you know, big problem can occur. And so having uh, magnesium supplementation in the evening can be very effective in helping people relax and calm down and go to sleep. And then the most well-studied uh, herbal treatment for sleep is valerian. Uh, and it turns out that valerian works best uh, in conjunction with hops. And yes, that's the same hops that we see in beer, mm -hmm. um, but that's what the data would suggest is that a valerian hops combination can be a great uh, help in uh, helping you fall asleep. Magnesium or a magnesium deficiency that can be corrected can help with sleep quite a bit. And then again, melatonin that's used uh, at the, from the right types of companies at the right dosage at the right time can also be very effective. Yeah, well, thank you for covering that. I mean, I think covering the dosages and the proper use and discussing some of the safer sleep supplements out there that can be useful is really important. So Dr. Bruce, we are we are out of time. For all listeners out there, there's so much more information to cover, and that's why Dr. Bruce has written his fantastic books, The Sleep Doctor's Diet Plan, his newest book, The Power of When. You can go online at www.thepowerofwhenquiz.com to learn more about 
how your circadian rhythm can match up to achieving your life and your health goals. So Dr. Bruce, thank you for taking the time today. We really, really appreciate it and hope to have you back sometime soon. I'm looking forward to coming back sometime soon. All right. Thank you everybody for tuning in. This is Dr. Kevin Passero wishing you all the best of health until next time. Take care. Did you know at Village Green Apothecary, we offer everyday savings on top quality nutritional supplements, including herbs and homeopathic remedies, plus personal care products and more. That's right. In addition to our big sales events, you can save up to 20% on most everything you need for a healthier lifestyle. Today and every day at Village Green, we care about our customers. We've been providing the best nutrition and healthy living products for over 50 years. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 50. 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com.